and I'm back. Oh man, what's going on? This is Binge and Rewind. I am E. Reed. Melanin Seduction here on the Stereo application. Please make sure you download the Stereo app to participate in real time. Okay, you can download uh, Stereo on your Android or your iPhone. Make your profile. Decorate your avatar as you see fit. Okay. And then, you know, you can hang out with me as I go over the list for the week. Every single week I have a new list of things that I have been watching or I currently uh, have been, uh, that I have watched or I'm currently watching. I always mess that line up. I don't know why, but it's like a tongue twister for me. Uh, So for those who are new to Binge Rewind, welcome and thank you for uh, listening to the show, okay, listening to my podcast, um, here at Benja Rewind, okay, we love to give spoilers, all right, so this is definitely a spoiler show, uh, not everything gets played out in a spoiler, I don't give away everything all the time, however, I will warn you when there is definitely a spoiler alert of you know, a climax to a movie or a show or a very specific detail, but I do this every single week on Tuesdays on the stereo application uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's 12 Central and 1 p.m. over there for y'all on the East Coast, okay? So again, make sure you download the stereo application and you decorate your avatar and you Follow me, E. Reed, aka Melanin Seduction. I am the one with the purple hair. Okay, all right. Um, I have a very interesting list. I was able to definitely binge a lot of things. Some things have already completed as far as the season. Um, some of them are movies, and we just gonna get right down to it. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Uh, so make sure you grab whatever snacks that you need, whatever drinks that you need, so that you can go ahead and uh, dive in with me. And if you would like to talk to me and give me a suggestion, all right, if you have not downloaded the Stereo app as of yet, you can follow me on all social media platforms. You can follow me on Fanbase. You can follow me on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter, okay? And I'm definitely active on Twitter when it comes to uh, reacting and responding to certain shows and commenting to those who also watch the same shows that I watch, okay? Now, given the fact that uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend happened, some shows did not come on. Oh, hold on. Just wanted to make sure, uh, you know, uh, hopefully everybody's okay. Did y'all hear the sirens? I hope if you did, we just going to pray everybody is okay. Okay. All right. With that being said, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, hope you enjoyed the list that I gave y'all for uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, if you checked anything out, let me know. know how you felt about it. And shout out to those who love my show and who also uh, listen to it and give me the feedback. Like, shout out to you. Thank you so much. Shout out to Denise. Shout out to- okay. 
Uh, those are just two of the many that been in um in communication with. I have been watching or have watched. Okay, so shout out to them though. You know what I'm saying? And anybody new who wants to participate. All right, so let me go ahead and get this list together and get it out for y'all so I can uh, break this all down. All right, so what we're going to start with is what I didn't start with last week, okay? Um, because I wanted to make sure that... Uh, I, so I think I talked about it a little bit last week, but it kind of escalated even more this week, and we're going to get down to it. Melanin Seduction. How you doing, beautiful? Been a minute since What's I've been in these on? streets. Be better than you were yesterday and don't let nobody suffer in your eyesight. Squint it, Miss Melanin Seduction. What's going on, Squint it? Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. Oh, and if you have not watched Warrior Nun... Please watch that. Binge watch it. I Warrior watched two nine. seasons in two days. That's how dope okay. it is. Squint it. Wait, what um what what plat what streaming platform is it on? Is that on Netflix? Hulu? Let me know. Apple TV? Listen, I got this this is all I got. This is what I'll stream stuff on. I watch Hulu, Peacock, Disney Plus, Netflix, Stars, AMC Plus, Showtime. HBO Max, Prime, Amazon Prime, uh, Apple TV, and then regular cable. <laughs> Depending on what show it is. Um, shout out to 90 Day Fiance. Shout out to the tell all. Okay, wait a minute. I kind of want to talk about 90 Day Fiance, tell all, the single life. I don't know. I'm going to see if I can squeeze that in. But... I watched the tell all this uh, early, early this morning because, you know, y'all, I'm an insomniac, so I'll be watching stuff. And I, I had to check that out. But, <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Let's see. What he, what's up, Killjoy? Oh, them is facts, though. How's your boy, Dr. Killjoy? What's good? What's good? What's happening? It's probably really good right here. I'm going to say like this. Warrior Nun is fire. Netflix done, they 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 get they're right bringing okay, like the second season to that bitch. It left off on a crazy cliffhanger. You'll see what's up. Watch that shit. You gonna love it your damn self. Hodgeboy that the killjoy smoke weird day. Plus plus check out the bad side, the bad side. It's uh the, bad the bastard side. son and okay. the devil. That's what it's called. The bastard son and the devil. It's a British fucking like supernatural crazy shit going on. Shit's crazy, man. It's crazy. That's all I can say about this shit. Ben watched the fuck out of that shit and wait for season two. Hodge Boy Dr. Killjoy okay. smoke weed every day. Okay, look, and I just put that on my list to watch. So guess what? I'm gonna binge it. Both of them. I'm gonna binge both of those shows this week. So I invite y'all and welcome y'all to pull up on me next week. Cause I'm gonna talk about it. Cause I got time for it. <laughs> So I'm gonna definitely do that, and I appreciate y'all with the two uh two suggestions. I listen. I love binging a series, okay, from beginning to end, and especially if it has more than one season, because it gives me the full context of the story. I so appreciate that, y'all. Y'all speaking, y'all speaking my love language right now. Thank you. 
I watched 18 episodes, two seasons in two days. That's how dope that shit was. Squinty. Okay. Kill Joy, what's up, son? Okay, that's what's up. I'm here for it. Warrior None. Make sure you write it down. Warrior None. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's off the chain. Squinty. I got you. <laughs> it's on my list for sure. Make sure you send me a what's to call it so I can get on get on the show because I ain't been in these stereo streets in a while. Squinty. I will. I definitely do that. I appreciate that and I definitely make sure I send you um send you the link. Or uh hold on, because I think I think I already Yep, so I did set it up for next Tuesday. So if you want, hit the notification bell, but I'll also send you the link when I do go live so that, you know, you can chime in. And, um, yeah, thank you, Squinty. Thank you, Killjoy. I appreciate that, like, for real, though, because I, I needed something new to add to my list, even though my list be super long already. But, you know, sometimes you put stuff on your list, and you're like, oh, I'm not feeling like watching that right now. So, yeah, but I'm going to watch them. That's not even a joke. Real talk. War none is that fire shit. I ain't even gonna hate on it. No, I'm saying ain't no reason to hate on it. That shit is so badass. Motherfucking first season got you. Second season brings you back. No, I'm saying, but first first season what? Man, shit. I <laughs> I tell you what, I still ain't finished off second season yet. So don't tell me what happened. I ain't gonna tell nobody what happened. We are gonna keep that shit on the la la. But I'll tell you right now, yo, War none is fire. I'm I'm still watching this shit right now. Right now. Not now, but right now. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> How'd your boy that the kill joy? Smoke weed every day. Squinted. What up, nigga? <laughs> okay, so Killjoy, I, I I challenge you to finish the series so we you can pull up on me next week so we can talk about it. Like, for real, for real. I'm not playing. I'm so serious. When they put that twist on it and, and old boy revealed who he was... Blew my mind. 15 years into two months. Squinty. Oh, wow. Look, y'all got me excited to watch this series. Wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. I'm de- Listen, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to start watching them today. I ain't going to hold you. Okay, so let me ask y'all this before I get into the first show on my list. Should I watch Warrior Nun first? Or what was, okay, hold on. It was Warrior Nun and, wait, where my list at? Hold on. Okay, or The Bastard Son and The Devil Himself. Which one should I watch first? Warrior Nun or Half Bad? Let me know. I, I'm, <laughs> let me know, let me know. Okay, so this right here. Uh, hold on, y'all, cause I have to get this out before um I like lose the hype. Not so much as lose the hypeness, but like, let me tell you something. Oh, the the fight was real. <laughs> the fight was super real. Definitely should watch Warrior Nun first. Okay. I had to be at work at 8.30. I didn't stop. I, I finished it at 
530 this morning. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't Dang. stop watching it. I started the second season last night, and I had to finish watching the whole season. No breaks. Squinting. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're going to start with Warrior Nine first. And then after Warrior Nine, I'm going to watch Killjoy's suggestion with Half Bad. Okay. The, was it Half Bad, The Bastard Son, and The Devil Himself? Okay. I will definitely check that out. I got you. I got you. Oh, I got to give it to Warrior Nine. I ain't even going to hate. I ain't going to fucking. I ain't, ain't going <laughs> to tell you otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, lo- I love me some motherfucking bastard son. That's some good shit. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, I would say like this. Watch Warrior Nun. Watch it. Yes, it's worth it. Watch that shit. One time, get it out the way. Get it out the way. Because okay. you, you can't stop. You can't start watching Warrior Nun and stop. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Ooh, you know I, I love shows like that. I had to go to sleep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I woke up and I was like, all right, bet. Let me get back into it. You know what I'm saying? That's today. That's what I'm doing today while we bullshit. So watch that shit. Yeah, definitely Warrior Nun. Then you got time to watch Bastard Sun. But Bastard Sun's got not, not going nowhere. Season two's coming. That's not going nowhere. Okay. But I'm telling you, yo, yes. <laughs> yes. Bastard Sun is fire. I'm talking about eating hearts and shit and motherfucking shape shifting and shit and motherfucking. Magic powers and shit, and not done crazy, stupid ways neither. Done smart, you know. Say these motherfuckers is just know what they doing. They just oh snap! Look, y'all made that sound hella interesting. Okay, so I'm here for it. I'm here for all of that, all of it. Faster sun on. I'm gonna have to watch Netflix. that and that motherfucking um. Uh... Uh, Godfather of Harlem, man. Yes, you gotta watch that. Definitely watch Godfather of Harlem. Watch that. And what I say that when you listen, binge that for real. Watch that with you know, uh, uh, definitely back to back, all the seasons. That show was good for real though. Like Forrest Whitaker is a beast the the dynamics and how everything plays out and if you haven't seen um Lawrence Fishburne's movie version of Bumpy Johnson then I would say watch that too if you can find it um definitely watch that too but yeah The Godfather of Harlem that that's that's a good show <laughs> that's a really good show uh Vincent D'Onofrio plays a really good villain no cap, like he play a good villain. Okay, so I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for your suggestions. Again, come back next week and pull up on me on next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Same time I started today, uh, God willing, and definitely like we're going to talk about it and we're going to dissect it and get into it and all of that, okay? Uh, so let me get this show out the way, though. Real quick, because I briefly touched on it, I think, last week before I got off. Because um, I was going to hesitate. I was going to wait until the actual full scene of the fight was going to be over between the ladies. But I had to talk a little bit about it last week. So let me just run this out real quick because it's, it's a quick storyline. But it was going down on Twitter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was going down on Twitter. Uh, So... Mia, all right, was 
definitely trying to defend Peter, okay, for whatever reason. Now, Peter owns bar one. Peter was going to go into business with Wendy. Wendy wanted to open up this Nigerian night uh, nightclub or lounge or whatever, right, over there in Baltimore. Well, there was a miscommunication between Wendy and Peter or whatnot, and uh, the paperwork was sent to Wendy. Wendy asked, okay, this is what we learned after the fact, after the fight. Okay, we learned that Wendy had asked Peter, okay, you sent me the paperwork to review, you sent me the contract to review it, but I want to look at the venue because I haven't seen it yet. Peter never got back to her. Okay, now where Mia comes into play, don't even need to come into play. Mia is trying to be the antagonist and she is the one that is picking on Wendy for whatever reason. And I feel like because Mia don't really got a full storyline, she's trying to make Wendy her storyline, okay? And that's just what happens on some of these reality TV shows when cast members really ain't got nothing too much going on or there's something going on behind closed doors that they don't want to be out, so they deflect and they pick somebody else on the cast that they want to be, you know, create a conflict with and create the drama and all of that. And that's what I feel like is going on right here because Mia is 100% in the wrong. Now, should have Wendy said what she said and throwing out there about, you know, Mia and her husband and having threesomes or sharing people or whatnot, even though Wendy said she heard it was a rumor. Okay, we already know how rumors get down when it comes to these reality shows. It don't matter if it's fact if it's fact or not uh or not true, it's still gonna get repeated either way. You know what I'm saying? So let's not be oblivious to that, which is odd to me given the fact that Mia was sitting up there wanting to then get super upset. And at the end of the day, Mia, you the one that started it. Okay. Mia, it was premeditated. Let me tell y'all what Mia did. She got, she called Peter to let Peter know that they were going to go to uh, bar one because they out there in South Miami, right? So she called Peter, tell Peter, yeah, we finna come out there. I got the girls with me. Peter asks, who are all the girls? She names all the girls, including Wendy. Peter tells Mia, hey, tell Wendy I got beef with her. Now that ain't got nothing to do with Mia. All he did was tell her to just relay a message. But what does Mia decide to do? She not only um, hangs, you know, says like, oh, okay, to Peter, but then when she hangs up the phone, she says, oh, yeah, I'm finna get to the bottom of that. That ain't got nothing to do with you, Mia. Mind your business, the businesses you say you already got. You feel me? This is the general consensus on Twitter about how Mia is the 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 poker of the bear. OK, and she got what she got. And if anybody has seen Wendy on the series thus far, Wendy is a political analyst. I mean, uh, she's a political commentator on, I think, like CNN or one of those political networks or whatnot. And she is also a political professor. So she knows how to debate. She knows how to go, how to do the whole back and forth banter thing, if that's what you want to do. But the fact that Mia took it a step further and got physical to the degree of she going to take her drink and throw it at Wendy, okay, and then has the nerve to get upset that Wendy, Wendy didn't get physical with her back, you know what I'm saying, she, it wasn't like a food fight or a drink fight or nothing at the table, but Wendy did throw out some verbal punches, 
Okay. And what did that do? Got me riled up even more. All right. So then Wendy was like, hey, you know what? Screw, um, screw the, the whole political career that she got or whatever she got going on. She was like, you're not going to play with me like that. You're not going to mess with me like that. Now, this is where it gets super confusing. And what we talked about on Twitter. Shout out to those on Twitter, okay? Uh, this is what we had discussed. Discussed. It was a simple fact that just a couple of years ago when Monique Samuels was on the cast of Potomac, okay? And her and Candace got into it at the winery. And it got super physical. And Monique did go super, like Monique went far, far. But at the end of the day, physical is physical. Being, being antagonistic is being antagonistic. Going for the jugular is going for the jugular either way. So it don't even matter. But the fact that the green bandits, okay, Giselle and Robin, wanted to sit there and make it seem like Wendy was the outrageous one was crazy to us. Absolutely crazy to the point where I can't wait until um, the reunion happens in several episodes from now. And this all gets called out and played out on tape. You know what I'm saying? Because the fact that uh, Robin took her cell phone out to try to capture Wendy doing something physical to Mia and didn't get what she wanted, but is screaming at me, I mean, at Wendy saying, you're being the antagonist, you're being the antagonist. Okay, I mean, at that point, the, the bubble had popped, okay? The water is bubbling o over, okay? The boil has come to its breaking point, you know, and everything is busted at this point. And there is no reasoning or rationalizing with any of, with either of these women, okay? And Mia has the nerve to, like, play the victim now. You're the one who not only threw a drink at Wendy to get this started. Well, you first of all, you got involved in somebody's business that had nothing to do with you. On top of that, you turned around and you went ahead and you threw a drink over there at Wendy just to get a reaction out of her. And when she didn't give you the reaction you thought you was going to get, you know what I'm saying? This is I think it was a setup. I ain't even going to hold you. I honestly feel like it was a setup. And I feel like there was footage that wasn't shown cuz it got put on the um on, it got left in post production, which who knows, they might show us at the reunion, okay? Cuz the producers have a way of doing that. All right? Um cuz there was a little meeting outside before everybody went to dinner. All right. And I feel like it was a setup for Wendy. I ain't going to hold you. I feel like it really was. I've, and I know the colorism card is going to come into play at this point because Wendy is Nigerian and she is darker tone. And Robin, Giselle and Mia are all light skinned women. And I'm pretty sure the colorism card is going to play because it usually does. When it comes to situations like this, especially given the fact that Giselle is sitting up there make is making excuses for Mia, okay? Robin is sitting up here re recording Wendy on her phone, and I feel like before they went to dinner, they had a power at the pool at the house, and you know they were like, "Oh, we gonna see what happens," and I'm going and Robin's like, "I'm gonna catch it on tape." Only for it to be used later to weaponize it. Like, here's the thing. This is, this is, and it's so interesting. This is why I watch reality TV shows. Because these people on, on TV, just because they have, they're in a certain tax bracket, it doesn't take away from the fact that they're human and they do messy type shit. 
It doesn't take away from the fact that they are going to manipulate a situation. They're going to spin a narrative. They are going to create something that isn't even there to deflect what they don't want out themselves. And this is what I feel has happened. And it's all getting, it's all going to play out. And I appreciate Wendy for calling out Giselle because when Monique and Candace got into it, Giselle took it to the point where, oh, I need to get security and have security around me. She hired herself a bodyguard. For what? Giselle, you are not on nobody's radar. Like, you're not that much of a factor. Yes, you're good for TV because of what you do because you like to stir the pot. But you're not that much of a factor where somebody is about to put their hands on you to where you need a bodyguard because you feel, quote unquote, unsafe, which is what she did. But yet you don't feel unsafe around Mia. Not only do you not feel unsafe around Mia, who just threw a glass and a shoe at Wendy at the table within close proximity, same way at the uh, winery when Candace and Monique got into it. You still get in the car with Wendy. I mean, with Mia. So, miss me with the BS, okay? Giselle, you're not fooling nobody. Like, you just really not. Melanin Seduction. Who are Check yourself. Welcome back to the streets. Where have you been at? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, where the verbal vomit? Where the verbal vomit? Where the verbal vomit at? Hey y'all! So funny you said that. Are you abreast to Secret Santa, E. Reed? I, I haven't even talked to you about it on the on the um back chat. Well, you know it's so funny. What I check yourself is so funny that you mentioned verbal vomit because verbal vomit will definitely be back uh starting today. <laughs> I told y'all a couple of weeks ago I was gonna bring it back. Uh, you know, later part of November, and this is now the later part of November. So I'm true to my word, and you know, God willing, as much as I can be, and therefore, yeah, I'm definitely gonna come back in with verbal vomit later on today. Um, yeah, cause I just wanna hang out for a minute. I got time for it, and it's snowing up here. So yeah, <laughs> it's boring. Damn, that was rude. I hate to just come in talking about my own shit without even talking about your shit. Now, I didn't comment on the um, on the um, Real Housewives of Potomac because I've never actually watched that. I always watch the regular Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I've never even given the other ones an opportunity. But I heard they actually was just as good, if not better, than the one in Atlanta. I just never... I, oh, I, I didn't yes. got off reality TV at this point. I don't really watch it like that anymore. Um because I be on stereo all fucking day and on Instagram and shit because of stereo. Um, so it all just kind of bases, it all is blamed on stereo at this point. Um, That's but so yeah, I haven't really checked it out. Um, so I won't have a whole lot to add to the conversation. But I'm here to listen for a minute. What do you, if you think, if you really think about it, if you watch from a distance, Stereo can be a version of reality TV. I'm just saying. Um, but I would I will encourage this. Um, if you haven't watched any of the other franchises of the Real Housewives, you know, Real Housewives. So Atlanta is good. Yes. And Atlanta is definitely the marker because it had an all black for it was the first part of the Housewives franchise on Bravo that had an all black cast. But I will say this, check out 
Real Housewives of Dubai. They went to Dubai. And there is one now in South Africa. Um, the Real Housewives of Durban. Okay. Now, the Real Housewives of Durban, it is interesting given the fact that they go back and forth between English and their native tongue. So, and yes, there are subtitles. So, for if you like subtitles, cool. If you're not into subtitles, that might not be your bag. But the Real Housewives of Dubai, them chicks over there blow all these ladies over here in America out the water. Okay? All of them. And I ain't talking about just the money factor either. <laughs> I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about the drama of it all. And the fact that these women show the integrity of okay, we can hash it out, we can say things, but we also, after, you know, we calm down, or even in the moment, we can calm down in the moment and have a real conversation and come to a resolution. And the shade in their, uh, in their private, in their inner, their one-on-one -on -one interviews with the producers in between the scenes, everything everything chanel i uh chanel aya wait is it chanel ian i think it's chanel ian she is a beautiful somalian um uh model who and i mean the like her, the shade that she throw the little remarks that she say and just the confidence that she got but her backstory and her journey to healing is everything like that Real Housewives of uh, Dubai, if I had to pick out of all the housewife franchises, Dubai is definitely in my top three. Definitely in my top three. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would definitely go with that one. Potomac is cool. Potomac is more like a fun shade without the heaviness that Atlanta has. And I say it, or the repetitive repetitiveness that Atlanta has. And I say that because with Atlanta, the repetitiveness comes from basically Kenya. You know what I'm saying? And her ongoing issue with her non-yet ex-husband. All right. And how she blames everything on her ex-husband and how she's a single mom now and woe is me and all of that. But we, she doesn't do the shadow work to heal from everything she's gone through. And then she just lashes out and she has to be the loudest person in the room. And it's getting kind of boring. To, and, and you know to in my you know for my liking she's getting kind of boring so like it's to the point now I don't like when Atlanta is on I don't even like really watch it every week to like sometimes I'll wait like a couple of weeks only because it's it's pretty much like the same thing it's almost like it's a filler show now in between the other shows you know what I'm saying um now, I don't know anything about the Salt Lake City. I don't watch OC. I don't watch... Um, there's another one that I don't watch. 
uh, I can't remember what city it's in, but if you want to look for some beautiful melanated women and that's really like about that life and is about the conflict. Oh, especially the one in South African and Durban, because with that one, and I know I'm straying away a little bit from Potomac, but just to give y'all a little insight on the Durban one on how juicy that one is. And within the first three episodes, we learn that two of the cast members shared the same man. One of them was married to him. But before she was married to him and they had broken up for a minute, he got with another woman, had a baby by her at some point, and but then married the other chick. And then they found out about each. They seen each other for the first time on the show. Like it was crazy. And the the intensity and the anticipation of on other reality shows where that has happened, the two women go at it, right? They start arguing. They start yelling and cussing at each other. They start throwing jab, verbal jabs at each other. These women handled it with such grace and beauty and maturity. I was just in awe of how they were able to show that and not put on a show of drama and messiness for the camera. It was it was just a different level of emotional intelligence that is not not is not actually seen on the Real Housewives franchise. I'm not going to say reality TV because we see that when it comes to Married to Medicine sometimes and also the Bell Collective. So shout out to, to those shows. But with the Real Housewives franchise, that's not typically seen, you know, and the way that they handled it within the moment was beautiful to the point where these two women agreed to come together to to bridge the gap between the children who are older now at this point and to allow the the daughter the the love child right the daughter well she's not really love child she didn't it wasn't an affair like he wasn't cheating on her with the girl they had broken up but the they allowed the the daughter who didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her dad because he passed away and she didn't get a chance. She didn't go to the funeral. The mom or the daughter didn't go to the funeral. They didn't get a chance to get their closure. And so the widow, her and her son, her sons and the other mom and her daughter, they all went to the grave and allowed um, and allowed that opportunity for closure and saying goodbye and becoming more, you know, of a family unit. And I just thought it was a beautiful thing to see. It really was a beautiful thing to see. And then all the other stuff that happens in between is kind of like just a bunch of misunderstandings and comical to a, to a certain degree. But all in all, the way these women actually genuinely support one another and how they come together as excuse me, as a unit in the cast, I just thought it was a beautiful thing to see. You know what? Honestly, Eri, that's why I stopped watching Atlanta. It was the same shit every season, over and over and over uh -huh. again. And it, it almost, you could tell that they was like reaching for storylines. And I don't like stuff that's supposed to be reality TV. And it just became, it's just too much. It's just, 
if it's too much of absolutely nothing at all, which I guess aggravates me. And why they seasons so goddamn long? I could definitely use more seasons <laughs> in the uh, Power Universe or something from fucking BMF, but not no real. They got like twenty episodes a season almost. It seemed like anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and that's because of the popularity it starts to gain and they gain more episodes and stuff like that. So, yeah, like, I felt like, I don't know, maybe in their contract when they got renewed or something like that, they just decided to add more episodes. Because I don't remember Atlanta being that long. I really just, I don't. And I was just like, yeah, I cannot. Um, But with Potomac, Potomac gives you some of that little like juicy spiciness that comes with everything and because i feel like each cast member knows their role to play to a certain extent you know what i'm saying and what we see all the time with these housewives is when they're on their first season, they try to be all cool, calm, collected, and cute, and, you know, and I'm just gonna, you know, just represent who I am on the best light, and then when they get to their second season, after watching the first season, right, and going through their first reunion, and seeing how all, you know, how the, the game is played, when they get to their second season, they decide to spice it up a little bit. And that's what we are seeing right now, given with Mia and Wendy, because this is Mia's, I believe this is her second season, but this is Wendy's third season, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, this is Mia's, I mean, Wendy's third season, because the second season, that's when she got all the plastic surgery done and stuff like that. And so they had an issue with her and was calling her fake and da 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 But I really feel like Wendy and Giselle just got it out for Wendy period. There is something about Wendy that just rubs them the wrong way. And I have to give it to Candace. Candace is doing a phenomenal job at maintaining her um, busyness. And shout out to her for with, for the remix and the feature with Trina, which we got to see her meeting up with Trina at the studio and the new song getting in the, the remix version of the song getting played. So congratulations to her. Shout out to that. Um, I still don't like what they're doing in trying to paint Candace's husband as being a Michael. When I, when I say Michael, I mean, um, Ashley's Michael okay and being a sexual degenerate type of a thing and like doing sexual harassment type stuff I don't like the implications of them painting this man in this in this type of a light especially given the fact that they were boldly lying and saying that Chris was looking at women at the spring fling party when it was shown on camera he wasn't looking at nobody he was looking at his phone so y'all are lying y'all are just spewing stuff out there to make to to get back at Candace for whatever reason, and you guys are, I feel like they're doing things to 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 aggravate Wendy to get her to react in a way which is going to definitely affect her livelihood to a certain extent. You know what I mean? I just it's just ugly to me. I feel like it's just ugly, and I ain't gonna hold you. There might even be a little bit of insecurity there because. Wendy is probably more known on the more respectable side of television than Giselle and Robin, which is on the reality TV side, which is not always respected. So 
I can understand if that was the case. That's just my, you know, my two cents on that. But yeah, that's what happened with Potomac this past week. And child, I just, I just cannot. I, I just cannot. Um, okay, where do I want to go to next? Uh, oh, I want to talk about this one. Okay, this is on Peacock. There is already um, a Netflix documentary of it. Um, uh, hold on, because I want to make sure I type this right. Uh, it's the friend of the family, and this is about the true crime uh, that happened with uh, that the little the young girl who got kidnapped twice by the guy who was a friend of the family. Okay. Now this is the dr- the dramatization version of the actual true story. So of course some parts are probably more emphasized to fill in the blanks of stuff that probably we didn't see in the documentary on Netflix. But this was some twisted shit. <laughs> this was some twisted shit, and it was really sad to see the parents be so naive of allowing their daughter to be around this man and to allow this man to manipulate them to a degree of divide and conquer. Okay. So this is just the ugliness of it. Okay. So, um, this, Oh, I can't even remember dude's name. Uh, arch told truth told or something told, although I'm gonna pull it up right now. (laughs) So I could give y'all the actual name of what this man, who this man is Cause it was absolutely crazy. Um, what was his name? The family was the Broberg family. But hold on, let me pull up the cast. And it's actually kind of an all-star cast. Okay, you had Jake Lacey, Colin Hanks, McKenna Grace, Anna Paquin plays the mom. All right. Um. Brie Elrod uh, plays Jennifer, and y'all know who Brie Elrod is. That is uh, Lilith from Cheers and Frasier and all like that. Okay, but, okay, so Robert Birchtold, that's his name, Robert Birchtold. They called him B. That was his, that was the name that the family called him. And what he did was when the little girl was about nine years old I think when she was about nine years old is when he had befriended the family him and his family moved into the neighborhood and um you know the 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 Broberg family was very church going very close-knit mind you this took place back in like the 70s okay so back in that time of course you know some of us were there some of us were not but we do understand that it was a different time Back then, people were more trusting. People weren't as fearful. You know, people left their doors unlocked. You know, all that kind of stuff. Your kids went outside to play and was gone the whole all day long. All that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, B, he gets so close to the family to where he starts to slowly groom the family to allow them to be so comfortable with him that mind you the Brobergs had three girls but he only singled out the first girl the oldest girl so by the time she was 12 years old this is what he did he manipulated the family to trust them to where he had came up with a plan that 
he was going to tell the parents, oh, I'm going to, I wanted to take your daughter horseback riding after her piano lesson, which he was the tutor of. Okay. And the, the dad said no, because the dad felt like B was getting too close and, um, they were spent, he felt like the bro, the family was spending too much time with B and his family and they just needed some time apart. Okay, so the dad, so in the in the series, the dad says no. Well, what does he do? What does B do? He calls the mom, uh, played by Anna Paquin, and um, the mom is, you know, at first she's like, you know, she says okay or whatnot, or no, she says that she's gonna talk to you know the husband or whatever, and I think if I remember correctly, she he B said that the husband said no. But then he talked the mom into it and the daughter really, really wanted to go. And he said, I just don't want to disappoint her, blah, 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 blah. And the mom says, I guess it'll be all right. So when the dad come home, because the dad plan was like, we're going to eat dinner and we're going to do a puzzle. Okay, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a puzzle as a family. So when the dad come home and the mom, you know, the mom finished cooking and she tell her kids, okay, go wash your hands. And he turned around and he looked like. Uh, where's, where's Jan? And she's like, oh, well, B really wanted to take her horseback riding. So, you know, she should be home by 6.30. 6.30 come, ain't no Jan. 7.30 come, ain't no Jan. 8.30 happened, ain't no Jan. So they decide to call B's wife. Now, B's wife in the series, she knew something was off. Because he came home in the middle of the day, all right, went and grabbed a bag, a duffel bag, all right, and then walked out and said he was going back to work. Mind you, that's out of his routine because he don't ever come home in the middle of the day. So she was already like, well, what is this man doing? But she didn't say nothing. She's very timid, meek, mild, and soft-spoken and don't really, like, you know, say anything, right? Which means I feel like she was groomed, too. Um, to a certain extent, and maybe she was also a kidnapped kid that grew up into adult, ended up marrying him or something like that. And because you know he married her or whatnot, he needed new flesh. I guess I don't know. Um, so she uh gets a phone call from the Broberg and say, "Have you you know have you heard from B or whatever?" And now they're asking her, "Okay, well, what ranch did they go to, or you know, so we can call contact the ranch or whatever." So then they're thinking, okay, maybe we should call the police. Bro, uh, B's wife is like, no, no, her name is Gail. Gail is like, no, don't call the police. I'm sure it was a car situation. Uh, everything's going to be fine. We'll just wait, blah, 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 blah. So the Brobergs go along with that because they, at the end of the day, the child hasn't been missing 24 hours. It, there isn't cell phones at that time. There's no AAA at that time, I don't believe, anyway. And so, um, they just don't know. And it actually could be some car stuff, according to them. So they don't call the police. Well, when they do finally decide to call the police, or whatever the case is, um, this man took this girl to a camper. Apparently, there was a camper that the wife found out about, all right, that was in a storage unit or whatnot, but didn't say nothing until after they decided that they was going to go out looking for jan all right so when they see that the camper is not inside of the the storage unit 
or whatnot, it goes to the next scene where we are seeing young Jan at 12 years old at this point, who now believes that anything B tells her, like absolutely anything. And he brainwashed this girl to believe in a 12 year old girl, mind you, brainwashed her into believing that she was half alien and the aliens wanted her to help change the change the world and her male companion that was selected for her is b and she has to have sex with b and have a baby otherwise if she doesn't do this then she, her her little her younger sister her, like the baby sister was gonna go blind her dad was gonna evaporate and the middle sister would end up being the one selected okay this 12 year old girl don't understand nothing and this is the way he set it up when she wakes up or whatever she is um strapped to the bed okay and so she's got the you know the the straps on her on her wrist and on her feet so she can't move she can't do nothing she's screaming and all this other kind of stuff right this uh what is it the this uh speaker box comes on okay and it's basically B speaking into it all right and it's supposed to be some type of um uh sometimes I'm not a toy but it was I guess it was made to help you sleep or something it like was supposed to you were supposed to hear white noises or whatnot and it was supposed to help, you know, uh, people go to sleep. But I guess he manipulated it to a certain degree and he was able to talk through it and have it be some type of a PA system for um, for Jan. And he's telling Jan, making it seem like his voice is, you know, the alien and telling Jan on what she's supposed to do. So then she ends up going to sleep. And when she wakes up again, um, cause of course he was drugging her. Uh, when she wakes up again, she is free. And when she's free, she gets up, she walks to the front of the camper, right? And there go B with his head down and he done put a gash in his head to make it seem like, oh, he was knocked out too. And, you know, I guess we got to do this mission. We got to complete the mission and we got to complete the mission before she's by the time she's 16 because if we don't if they don't complete the mission by the time she's 16 she's gonna evaporate okay now i will say this this series is definitely a slow burn it is definitely triggering okay so if you have ever gone through anything um kidnapping sexual assault um uh any type of manipulation mentally emotionally anything like that it is definitely triggering and if you have if you are not able to handle it i don't recommend you watching it okay for your own health and your own mental health however if you are able to watch it and you are into true crime docs such as these and the dramatization versions of them then this is definitely something you might be interested in watching it is a slow burn it is very detailed each episode is about an hour long and if you uh by watching on peacock it just goes right into the next of course you know once one episode ends it just goes right into the next one or whatever um it is definitely a sad story but the naive the, the naivety of the parents 
as I think what frustrated me the most because the child is definitely, I mean, they're all victims. The entire family are victims. Okay. And survivors of it or whatever the case is how, but the parents though, I just could not fathom. I don't care what decade it is. I don't care what era of the world it is. I just could not fathom being that close to having our family be that close to another family and the husband and father of that other of the other family only singling out my one daughter to do special things with and allowing that to be okay and just sending her off i just mm, i just mm-hmm. When he took her and kidnapped her and took her to Mexico and married her in Mexico, okay? They had the marriage license because at this point, there's a case being brought, being built up against B and they needed that marriage license, all right? They sent it back to Mexico. When the detect, when the FBI agent asked, I mean, no, when the prosecutor asked, you know, I hope you made copies. The looks on their faces, I have to tell you, Anna Paquin and Colin Hanks, and if y'all don't know who Colin Hanks is, that's Tom Hanks' son. They did a phenomenal job at playing the parents and having the blank, dumb looks on their faces and the, the I don't know, George. Like, I, it was just crazy that this was the mindset of the parents, okay? Um... The lawyer that B had, B even had the his own lawyer. He manipulated his lawyer to manipulate them to the point where when it came time to get ready to go to trial, he, because when I tell y'all this divide and conquer, this is where it also get really sick at. Because not only did he do what he did with Jan, all right, and um everything and mind you they the parents when the daughter did come back after the first kidnapping and they took her to the doctor's office and all like that and she got checked out and her hymen was there and everything like that so that means b was doing other sexual things with her okay that she thought was to part of the mission because she half alien okay so the when the when the lawyer contacts them, he t- she tells them that they need to sign this affidavit and saying uh, saying something. I'm not going to tell you, but in saying something, because if they don't sign this paper, all right, what was going to end up happening and coming out in court was she was going to call them out on the fact that the wife had some kind of a you know situation with B and so did the husband now I know a lot of people like oh wait a minute like well what did he do with the husband okay with the father with Jan's dad okay now this is the way they played it out in the scene spoiler alert okay in the scene they're sitting at the diner uh um B and the father okay um, wait, what was the father's name again? Bob. Okay. So B and Bob are sitting at the diner and B is, um, sharing with him about, you know, something that's happening in his life or whatnot. And then he asked Bob, 
basically to pull something out of him of something he could exploit okay like didn't you did you ever do anything you know as a kid that you know was just kind of weird or something like that right so bob divulges that him and his friends when they were teenagers they would look at girly magazines and they wouldn't just look at girly magazines but they would touch each other and bob was like it was just teenage stuff and um what b decided to do is when they leave the diner b exploits that situation and because uh, the Brobergs are, su- you know, super Christian and religious, go to church every Sunday, all of that about, you know, sins and everything like that, right? He exploits that and he manipulates Bob into giving him a hand job in the car. Now, mind you, according to the documentary, though, on Netflix, it it went further than that. But for TV purposes, that's all they showed, okay? And that was going to be exploited out there in court if they did not sign this affidavit, okay? This is where it gets even worse, all right? Because as the girl from 12 going up into the age of 16, all right, from that point, the the manipulation carried on with B, right? And he was kind of on the run to a certain extent or whatever, Um when he went to court, court didn't really do nothing. It was kind of like on some time served type stuff or whatever the case is, right? And uh, at this point, the girl is, you know, feeling like he's my companion for life. I'm supposed to complete this mission or all this scary stuff is going to happen to my family. So that she's still believing this up until the age of almost 16, all right? And she actually, she ends up leaving excuse me he manipulates her and convinces her that she just needs to take off and leave and go move to another state and they do some traveling they end up in california somewhere or whatnot right and at this point he telling her don't don't let boys touch you if you let boys touch you you're gonna evaporate and then the mission will be over for you it's gonna carry on to your middle sister and your little sister's gonna go blind and all this other kind of stuff he got her enrolled into a whole school out there in california he um made it seem like to the to the authorities like he was her father and all this other kind of stuff then there was a moment in time where like i guess he had like had inherited some kind of amusement park or something his brother knew what was going on his mama knew what was going on like nobody said anything nobody protected the kid no one you know what I'm saying? And it was just crazy to me how you got all of these adults, nobody saying nothing. Bob, I mean, B was so convincing. He convinced the school, the private school that she went to and convinced her, convinced the nun, okay? It was a Catholic school or whatever. Convinced the nun that he was a part of some CIA, he was a CIA op, okay? And it's a secret that she's at the school and here's the the private number that you have to call me on in case anything happens because i have to otherwise we're gonna have to leave so that the government don't try and get us or something like that right 
So, of course, something like that ends up happening, and the nun calls the number. She explains everything, how the police was here, da-da-da-da-da. And uh, he hangs up the phone, goes run outside to a payphone, calls the school back, and tells the nun, thank you for calling me, but it was it was in a secure line, and I couldn't talk to you. So I called you on, an, on a different line that is secure, and I think I'm going to have to pull my daughter out of school. Like, it was crazy. That show right there is absolutely bonkers. So, a friend of the family is on Peacock. Like I said, it's a slow burn, but it gives you a like a more drama detail side of actually what happened versus the Netflix version. Um, now, which one you want to watch first? I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point because they don't stray away from what actually happened or exaggerate or whatnot. If anything, they probably minimalized a lot of stuff just for the sake of TV and the time that was allotted to be able to even produce the series. So I definitely uh, check that out for real, though. Um, oh, I already talked about The Real Housewives of Durban, so I need, don't need to put that um, up there. Uh, this show right here, though, was not really a show. It's a movie on Hulu. Um, cause I kind of went down a Hulu rabbit hole, uh, earlier this week. Um, and this is, this movie is starring one of our favorite Marvel brothers, Loki. Okay. Um, it's kind of twisted. It's a very twisted movie. You have to go into this movie with an open mind. Don't expect nothing. Because whatever you expect or think is going to happen, probably ain't finna happen. It's one of those movies where you just keep watching it like, what? Wait, what? Wait, how did that happen? And it is not background noise, okay? It is not background noise. So it is not a movie to where you could just have it played in the back and not pay attention to what's going on. Because there's too many moving pieces. There's too much confusion going on okay um but high rise is a movie that came out in 2015 um and the premise is this after his divorce dr robert lang moves to high rise building in which the residents are divided into classes the rich live upstairs the lower class downstairs when it comes to tension and a murder Robert is literally right in the middle, and that is not um, an exaggeration. That is exactly on point. He is definitely caught in the middle between it all, between the architect and the high, the high society rich people that live at the top who feel like they better than and they can do whatever they want because they're entitled to. Versus the people who are down at the bottom and um, doing what it is that they need to do in order just to survive. Okay. Uh, But the movie is ominous. It's dark. uh, It's a moderate pace or whatever. Uh, Not too many spoilers right here because 
it's one of those shows where, nah, you just got to enjoy the ride for what it is. So there's definitely no spoilers I'm going to give when it comes to this. Just know, expect the unexpected. That's the only spoiler I really got. Expect the unexpected when it comes to High Rise. And like I said, it's starring our our favorite Marvel brother, Tom Hiddleston. And it's starring one of our favorite villains of uh, all, all time favorite Disney animated feature films, Jeremy Irons, who also played Scar in Lion King. All right. Um, also starting this uh, all-star cast is Luke Evans, Sienna Miller, Elizabeth Moss. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, is there anybody else that is recognizable to a certain extent? Tony Way. I've seen him in some stuff before. So, like I said, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, but Dr. Lang... At first, I thought he was a spy or something or some kind of secret agent. And that is definitely not the case. <laughs> that is that is definitely not it. So make sure you check out High Rise on Hulu. It's a it's a really good movie. It's about two hours. Uh, and like I said, it's at a moderate pace. It's not background noise. And yeah, let's see here. What else? What else? What else? Um. Oh, yeah, this one. Hold on. This one right here. This was also on Hulu that I watched. Uh, It's called Vendetta. Okay. Um, Hold on. Let me pull this up for you all. I think it was this one, the 2015. Hold on. Nope, it wasn't that one. See, there's two different vendettas, so I got to pull up the right one. <laughs> Let me just go to my Hulu app and type it in that way. Because <laughs> when I tell y'all this movie was um, kind of uh, interesting all by itself. It's a thriller movie, okay? And it, I think what caught my attention and why I wanted to watch it is because Mike Tyson was in it. Mike Tyson and Bruce Willis. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many movies do you get with Bruce Willis and Mike Tyson? And I was just curious as to what role was Mike Tyson going to play in this movie? You know what I'm saying? Um, But this is this is the premise of it. William Duncan's daughter and wife are murdered by a ruthless crime family. Duncan is determined to get revenge, picking off members of the gang one by one until he completes his mission of revenge, which ultimately destroys his own life like the movie is bonkers crazy it's fast paced it is pretty good um don't expect no like high end quality acting performance in though don't don't expect that going in with an open mind like oh okay it's a movie <laughs> like i'm t- listen the the what you call it alone Oh boy, who played a bad guy? Oh, he pissed me off so bad. It's so good to see your avatar on here. Hey, cousin. I'm here. How are you doing? I'm giving you a hug. I miss you. Please stop being away from my life. Okay. I'm, I'm, st- I'm done being dramatic. How are you?
I'm good. Hey, cuz, what's going on down the rabbit hole? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm okay. I'm I'm not gonna say I'm good. I'm gonna say I'm okay. I'm not gonna lie like that. Daughter. You know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to find out what to watch because everything you watch is on Hulu, girl. And but what you got? Get to the laundromat real quick. See if I can get this shit in here before these kids get off. Let's see if I can do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, I know you got HBO. But what else you got? Cause I be all over the place. Hulu, Netflix, Peacock. Uh, what is that? Stars. Uh, yeah, I be on hella stuff. Um. But I don't know. I, I did kind of go down like a Hulu rabbit hole earlier in the well, uh, later last week or whatnot. I kind of did. I don't know. It was just it, you know how it comes up with like more movies or whatever, more like this. And I just started clicking on stuff. And I was like, I don't feel like watching a series right now. I'm just gonna go ahead and watch a movie. So I ended up watching these movies. Okay, so real quick. Okay, so Mike Tyson, um, Bruce Willis, uh. The bad guy is Theo Rossi, okay? And y'all have seen Theo Rossi in a lot of stuff, but probably didn't know that that's who it was. Um, he was in Sons of Anarchy, uh, the Luke Cage series, the Devil You Know movie. Um, he had a, I guess he did an episode of Bones and Show on here. But I know him more so from um sons of anarchy though i ain't gonna hold you um and he was ruthless okay so that what ends up happening is like it was really sad like especially when he killed the daughter you know what i'm saying like it was really jacked up so bruce willis is a kingpin or whatnot of this gang or whatnot and theo uh his brother theo I mean, Theo, his name isn't Theo in the movie. His name is Rory. Rory and his brother, okay, um, work for their dad, played by Bruce Willis. And the little brother or whatnot is just now wanting to come into the gang or whatever and play his part and show how badass he is, okay? And Rory is supposed to be, you know, watching over him or whatnot. So they decide that they were going randomly while... Uh, Duncan and his daughter were going out to pick up Mexican food for dinner. All right. The dad is in the restaurant picking up the order. The daughter's in the car. Next thing you know, the gang pull up on side of the car, pull the girl out, hold her. And this is in broad daylight. Okay. <laughs> this is the part where it's like, would that really happen in real life? You see what I'm saying? Like you, like, please don't go into watching this movie with any high expectations of common sense. Because some of this was like, wait, how? Wait, what? Okay. Even like the strippers, like the when at the strip club, it was like, this, what kind of strip club is that? Um, But anyway, they hold the girl and the bre- the little brother who wants to make a name for himself in the, in the family, he just unloads on the girl. Okay. And then everybody gets back into the car. The dad hears the gunshots. 
He runs outside. He sees his daughter on the ground, but he was able to catch the shooter and, you know, rough him up a little bit and punch him. You know what I'm saying? The police pull up and uh, then he's covering his daughter and stuff like that. But it's when they go to trial. It was the trial where everything in the tables turn at this point because, the, of course, the prosecution, right? The DA is banking on the father's testimony, which is already a shaky testimony because he didn't act. It's, it's basically like his word against the shooter's word, right? Because, of course, there's no other witnesses to say they saw anything, which is crazy to me because it's broad daylight. So... Saying all that to say, um, when they go to court and the father is on the stand, something clicks in the father's head of this boy going to get off based on what they just told me and how weak the case really is. This boy finna get off. So what does the dad do when he's questioned on the stand about if he saw who killed his daughter? You know what I'm saying? He like, no, that ain't him. I didn't see him. So he lie on the stand. So of course, the case is dismissed, right? Old boy get out of get it, walks out the court, thinking he done won the case. But the dad pull up in the middle of the night, rolls up on old boy, beats him with a bat. Spoiler alert, my bad. Should have told you that first. But beats him with a bat. And now there's a war between the the dad and the gang but along the way the dad comes across some really funny character okay who is basically um a car thief and he takes the cars to the chop shop who is ran by none other than who mike tyson (laughs) it was it was the fact that mike tyson is running a chop shop and he ends up being the 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 final uh battle his his place ends up becoming the final battle zone in the movie now i ain't gonna tell you nothing else because it's kind of comical so that's why i said you gotta go into it with like an open mind but not expect a whole bunch of common sense but and then the little like uh the little quirky one-liners that happened in the movie is kind of funny. Like the movie is described as an action thriller, but I would consider it, I would categorize it as an action thriller comedy. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's not meant to be a comedy, but it is to me. It was kind of funny. Certain parts, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's a fast-paced film. It's only about 90 minutes. Uh, it is something that could be used as background noise. So you could be doing something else or whatever and be distracted but it's 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 just a movie <laughs> what up what up e read what's up everybody what listening with your boy it's your boy prestige not enough building i'm at work y'all just saying what's goody to everybody what up prestige good seeing you homie bunny J. hey e read you know i had to come slide through and sit down and chill and listen to all these shows you watch, you binge and rewind, you know I'm here for it. You know I'm here for it. I'm actually cleaning my house, cleaning my room. My husband and daughter asleep. 
I'm chilling, cleaning up, listening to you. You know how I do. I'm down here. Hey, what's going on, Bunny J? Um, okay, hold on. There's another. Hold on. There's another movie. Um, this is a thriller movie. Oh, this is the one with um Jonathan Reese Myers. Okay, that's why I watched this movie because I like Jonathan Reese Myers. Jonathan Reese Myers played uh King Henry VIII in the Showtime series, The Tudors. So if you are into royalty and stuff like that, go to Showtime and watch The Tudors. But this movie right here was crazy. Cause, all right, it's called The Good Neighbor. Now this is truly an action, um, an a, a, definitely an action thriller, or maybe really just a thriller, okay? So um, The Good Neighbor on Hulu, Okay, another movie. It's about an hour and 46 minutes. Um, this was a good-ass movie. <laughs> I hold you. It was hella good. A nightmarish evening unfolds for neighbors David and Robert when they accidentally hit a woman on her bike and flee the scene. Mind you, the woman on the bike is someone that one of them actually met at the club and, you know, had, you know, made good acquaintances with okay uh but they hit the woman on the bike same woman from the club and they flee the scene all right while david is increasingly plagued by his feelings of guilt all right that's the one that met the chick at the club robert shows no remorse robert is played by jonathan reese uh jonathan reese myers all right and uh it says he shows no remorse and becomes overbearing and possessive when david meets vanessa uh the victim's sister he submits to a reckless passion and underlining hold on underlying underlying sense of redemption before realizing robert will do unspeakable things to protect their secret and that's exactly what that boy do let me tell you something jonathan reese myers if you there's another movie that i reviewed that's on netflix that he played in and he plays a really dark villain i ain't gonna hold you he is he is really good I hope he's not going to get typecasted, though, um, as only being a villain, because, uh, I mean, he, well, I mean, King Henry VIII wasn't necessarily a villain. He did villain-like things, but um, he does really good at playing a villain. Like, he's very believable, and in this character, I ain't going to hold you. Like, I was sitting up there stuck watching it. I was like, is he really finna kill? Wait, Why? Oh, you could have let him make it. Like, you know how you watch a movie and you start talking to the TV? Like, that's what it was for me. You know what I mean? And the way he was able to uh, just play everybody. It was the manipulation and how he was able to manipulate uh, David and manipulate everybody else. But when he tried to manipulate the police officer who ended up being assigned to the case of the hit-and-run victim. And then Robert uh, tried to make it seem like David was about to kill the sister, Vanessa, when really it was him, and thought that Vanessa had died. Oh, no, Vanessa didn't die. She did not die. But it was the way Robert handled the situation when he found out that Vanessa wasn't going to die. I ain't finna tell you that. 
that would be that would be too that would be too big of a spoiler. You gotta watch it. For real though. You gotta watch how he handles the whole situation. And David is a fool. I am gonna hold you. David should have just went with her first thought. He shouldn't have fell for whatever manipulation he was under when it came to Robert. Cause it's not like he him and Robert was best friends. You know what I'm saying? They was just neighbors. That's it. They was just neighbors that ended up going out for a drink. You know what I'm saying? And they ended up hitting the girl. And it's not, they wasn't even drunk when they hit the girl. That's the crazy part. They wasn't even drunk. I mean, yes, he still would have probably went to jail for involuntary, you know, manslaughter for hitting the girl and, you know, her dying. Yes, David would have definitely caught a case. But the fact that you tried to go along with Robert's plan to cover it up and not say nothing. And then you're so twisted enough to try to build a bond with the sister. That was twisted. Like, whoever wrote this, it was really good. I don't know if it's adapted from a book, but I felt like I was watching a movie that was a book. You know what I'm saying? You ever, like, pick up a book and you just can't put it down because it's, like, that good? Like, that's what it was given right then. Like, for real, for real. What up, what up, what up to all the listeners? Hey, Erie. What up, y'all? What up, know this they said. It's your boy Big Sid. Let's get it. Let's go. Hey, Eerie. Lay too Big Sid. Um, shout out to you, though. Shout out to all y'all come in here and pulling up on me. Okay, this is the last thing I have for Hulu. I told y'all I went down a Hulu movie rabbit hole. I told y'all that. And I did. This is the last movie. <laughs> Wait, is this the last movie on my list for Hulu? Yes, it is. This is the last movie on my list for Hulu. And then we jumping over to um, Netflix. Yep, this is the last movie. So this movie right here is starring one of my favorite actors. <laughs> ben Kingsley. <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley. Okay. I don't care what he do. I'm finna watch it. I don't, I don't care what he do. Um, This is called intrigo uh i guess this is like a series of stuff because when i just pulled it up um something else came on so this is called intrigo death of an author all right this is also an i guess i was like in my whole action thriller phase that day going down this uh <laughs> going down this hulu rabbit hole okay I'm going to skirt, skirt, because I got to work, work. So good to see you. Okay. Bye, Bex, a million, a million, a million. Bunny J, Timothy, Big Shed, and tell me what to do. All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Have a good rest of the day at work. What up, Butler? What is going on, Tommy? How are y'all? Um, Appreciate y'all pulling up on me. Um, okay, so Intrigo, Death of an Author. Okay, this is the premise of it. Again, on Hulu, in this tense, riveting thriller starring Academy Award winner Ben Kingsley, uh, who also played Gandhi. That was a good movie, too. Um, an author plots the murder of his wife, but her body is never found, and he's convinced that she's still alive. Okay, now let me tell you something. 
there is a plot within the plot. This is one of those movies. There's two plots going on at the same time. And I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. Because again, it's one of those movies where it's like, you just got to sit and watch how everything unfolds and plays out. But I will say this, spoiler alert. Um, the author who goes to see Ben Kingsley's character, okay, um, he didn't kill his wife. <laughs> he thought he did. That's the only spoiler I'm giving. He thought he killed his wife, but he didn't kill his wife, which we learn early on in the movie. However, how the reason why he wanted to kill his wife, absolutely crazy. And what Ben Kingsley character says and does. Because the movie gives you the impression that the um hold on that oh shoot, I gotta I don't know the, the dude's actual I forget dude's name. Um hold on. Uh death of an oh snap that ain't no google hold on let me type this in <laughs> so i get y'all this so i know everybody's name because i don't remember everybody's name okay this movie came out in 2018 by the way um okay uh, Henderson and David, there go another David. Okay, so David goes to see Henderson. Henderson is an author, okay? Um, but he's now lives in like this secluded area. He don't want to be around people. He, all of that, right? But for whatever reason, he allows David inside his home, okay? And it gives, it. they start, they give you the impression that David has written a book and he just wants to run it past Henderson, played by Ben Kingsley. And there he's just like basically you know asking him to assess what he's written so far. But like I said, it's a plot within the plot. This is not background movie. Uh this is not background noise movie type. It is not. It is important that you watch it because there are certain scenes that does not have dialogue, but it helps move the story along. Um, but it's worth the watch. I will say that. And like I said, it's only it's just under two hours of a movie. Hey, Ma, how you been? I hope you're doing well. Keep your head up. And yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. <laughs> What's up with it? See, I'm about to head home and watch... Um, the Book of Enoch. The movie. Oh, it's going to be good. Okay, then. Shout out to the Book of Enoch. Shout out to you, though. Appreciate you pulling up. Might have to check that out. Um, Wait, hold on. Did I watch that already? <laughs> Let me make sure. Because I might have watched it. Wait, you finna watch it? Or you finna um read it? Cause this is like it's a book. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's a book. Oh, maybe you finna watch what? Uh, watch it on YouTube. Something did pull up on YouTube. Book of Enoch, full film. So shout out to that. Okay, did not know that. Um, 
Oh, but then it says the movie Noah is based off the book Enoch. Okay, well, shout out to that, though. Didn't know that either. I'm going to watch the book of Enoch. Okay, well, enjoy your watching festivity. Um, Death of an author. Uh, so, yeah, when I tell y'all um, Ben Kingsley character is he gives you like kind of like a creepy vibe i'm gonna hold you it's kind of creepy but not creepy uh but the real the real gangster in the show i mean in the movie is david that's the real gangster in the movie i ain't gonna hold you that that really is the real gangster in the movie all right so we finna switch gears we finna head over to netflix now, um, and yes, we're going to run over a little bit in time. I know usually y'all only hear me for about 90 minutes, but I'm going to make sure that I get through um, these next three as much as I can, um, as fast as I can. All right. Um, especially it's like a little special episode, I guess, uh, because I did watch a lot and I wanted to get through the entire list. All right. So this next movie is on Netflix. It's called Laundromat. All right. Uh, Laundromat is a really good film. And as I was watching it, I realized I watched it before and just didn't, um, remember it. Um, hold on. Give me the movie. Pull it up. Thank you. All right. So it's a it's a dramatic it's a drama it's a dramedy. Okay. It's just under two hours, so it's about ninety minutes, and it has some of our favorites though, as, as far as all star actors. So you have Meryl Streep, Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, uh, Sharon Stone, David Schwimmer, Jeffrey Wright, Robert Patrick, Melissa Ranch, James Com uh, Cromwell, um. Who else? Nonzo and Zoe. Oh my goodness. Who else is in here? Um, Larry Wilmore, Nikki, uh, Nikki Amuka Bird. Um, who else do I recognize from this movie? That's been on other stuff. Okay. Oh. I don't remember Lester Holt being in there. I don't know. Maybe he was on the TV or something like that. Um, okay, so this movie right here, here's the overview of it. Uh, when Widow Ellen Martin's ide idyllic vacation takes an unthinkable turn, she begins an investigation that leads to two cunning lawyers in Panama. So this, if you've ever seen the movie, um, The Smartest Guys in the Room, um, it's a movie like that. So it basically takes you step by step on how people in the finance world uh, launder money legally and the loopholes that they can use based on the tax bracket and the laws in other countries and, you know, laundering money through banks and shell companies and things like that. So. Uh, Meryl Streep's character, Ellen, her and her husband, played by James Cromwell, um, they go on vacation, 
okay and they're on this this like little day cruise or whatnot and the boat tips over 21 people die including her husband and when it comes time for the legal processes and um the settlement and stuff like that and then she doesn't get as much as she's supposed to get uh but the money she does get she is going to use that money to get a condo and when she's getting ready to get this condo in las vegas okay uh she's there with her you know with her her daughter and her grandkids and the realtor comes in and says somebody just bought this condo in cash and they bought two other units next to it and they paid double asking price so basically it was you know the rug was swept right from underneath their feet and she has sentimental value of why she wanted that specific unit in that specific building in Vegas, okay? Now, it also cuts over to not only just her storyline, but it cuts over to the storyline of the people who owned the boat that tipped over where the 21 people died and how they had an insurance policy, but the insurance policy um, was uh, sent to another insurance company that was supposed to handle it but then that insurance company got bought out by another insurance company and therefore they didn't recognize the old insurance policy that was under the original insurance company okay and only come to find out that the the all of these different insurance companies or whatever were just shell companies so you see that haul take place and in between the storylines of you seeing all these individuals maneuver through what's going on in this tragedy, you have Antonio Banderas and you have uh, Gary Oldman giving you, um, playing the two lawyers who ended up taking the blame and the fault for everything that happened, okay? Based on how they were a, a finance company that was set up these shell companies to launder the money. All right. And they were the ones that took the fault for it, but they were only in jail for three months. So a bunch of people ended up being out of a lot of money. Okay. And then they show other, um, other individuals who, uh, ended up playing, I mean, ended up falling victim to, um, the laundering scheme that was done by these two lawyers. And what's crazy is uh, in 2018, uh, they even showed in 2018 how when Barack Obama got up there, you know, and did a press conference on, you know, how the how these laws have all these different loopholes and how they're able to shift money around. You know what I'm saying? So basically it's just telling you know, the storyline, I mean, the story of how these, um, you know, wealthy people are able to get away with not paying taxes and being able to um, protect all of their assets and the way that they protect their assets and what they can get away with. You know what I'm saying? Um, one part, one thing that was kind of funny, though, I ain't gonna hold you. So what's his name? um nonzo and zoe okay his character he was throwing his daughter was graduating um from i think it was college i think it was college she was graduating from and she comes home only to find her her room yeah it was college her roommate from college who's supposed to be quote unquote her best friend 
kissing her daddy. Now her daddy married. They supposed to be having a whole graduation party at the house. The mama ain't there yet. All right. So the daughter, she tells the best friend that she got to go. And the dad like, okay, well, how much to keep you quiet and not tell your mama? So the, the daddy, he going to tell his daughter like, hey, I'll give you the I'll give you these shares from this company. And you are the majority shareholder and it's worth $20 million. So as long as you have these papers, you have money. Okay. So ends up coming out or whatever. The mom ends up finding out or whatnot about what happened with the infidelity and stuff like that. And apparently she had share. She was given some shares too. Okay. So she's supposed to also be wealthy and rich, but unbeknownst to them, surprise, surprise, when they go to the lawyer's office and the lawyer is like, uh, yeah, this company was worth $20 million. It's worth $37 now. And then the mama, she give over a piece of paper that's supposed to have so many amount of shares. And he says, oh, oh, this is worth about $100. Like, damn. So all of that for nothing. Okay. And the more the movie goes along, the more stuff starts to get unraveled and everything. And then there was this huge security breach where um, somebody decided that they were going to be a whistleblower and they pulled like a WikiLeaks moment and they exposed all of this data of what was actually transpiring of what these two lawyers were doing in their connection with Panama. Okay. And that's how the, the, two uh, lawyers got busted or whatnot but what was really interesting is spoiler alert towards the end is them explaining as the lawyers that yeah they busted us but we weren't the only ones who was doing it and we didn't know what them people was doing we were just setting up the companies we had no knowledge that some of them was drug traffickers and sex traffickers and this, 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 and that. We were just doing what we, you know, what the what our clients wanted them to do. And then you see Meryl Streep at the end um, reciting the whistleblower's manifesto. And I thought that was very profound and interesting. So if you are interested in those type of true crime docs but on a political financial kind of a thing then yeah check out uh laundromat on netflix it's a pretty good film it's very fast paced um it could be background noise quite honestly uh you don't necessarily have to watch it per se um but i think it's just a fun watch just to watch all of these all-star actors and actresses playing all these different parts and how everything is kind of like a jumbled puzzle and how it jumps from this scene to this group and that group and that group, but it's all cohesive at the same time. So I appreciated that. I really did. Um, here go another true crime doc. Uh, and shout out to Jay Lee's corner on, um, shout out to Jay Lee's corner on YouTube because I think, if I didn't know that she had watched it and started to review it, I don't think I would have actually 
wanted to watch Killer Sally. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if y'all haven't seen the true crime doc series Killer Sally on Netflix, watch it. It's quite interesting, to say the least. Because the that couple was uh hella dysfunctional. Like hella dysfunctional. I was just like, wait, what? Okay, so the overview is this. Along with family and friends, former professional bodybuilder Sally McNeil charts her rocky marriage and its end in a Valentine's Day murder, okay? So she gets with her husband on Valentine's Day, and then she kills her husband on Valentine's Day, all right? And the saddest part for me, I mean, it's sad to any that people that he died anyway, but it was her kids. It was the the actual footage of after she got arrested and well not she wasn't even arrested at well she yeah she had gotten arrested at that point because at first she wasn't arrested she was just giving her statement or whatnot but then when she gave her statement and stuff like that and then they decided they told her that they were going to arrest her and they had her they brought her kids in for her to say goodbye to her kids I think that was the most heartbreaking part for me I'm gonna hold you like it was it was like heart dropping to hear her kids um, have to say that they didn't want to go. You know what I'm saying? And then also the 911 call when she says, like, I just shot my husband because he just got through beating on me. And you hear the daughter in the background screaming and crying, you know? And of course the kids are adults right now, but the ugliness that they had to endure as children growing up, especially the son and um what they saw children should not have to bear witness to that and it was just oh like the whole story is sad as fuck like just hella sad yo and there's you know steroids is involved jealousy is involved insecurity definitely plays a part um it was just so much turmoil, to say the least. Um, it was sad. Hey, what's up, E. Reed? How you doing? Uh, you're up, right. Killer Salary is a great documentary. Also, USA just scored against Iran. Let's fucking go. Much love. Hey, I did see that they was going to play today. I seen it on my own. They did a little, uh, you know, the ad on my TV last night. So shout out to that. Um... Thanks, Scruff, for pulling up on me, though. Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, Killer Sally, y'all. Um, it's it's a moderate pace. It's not fast pace, but there's nothing that gives you like filler episode vibes. Like, there's none of that. Um, there's not a lot of episodes. There's only three episodes. Each episode is about an hour apiece, and it just goes into a definitely like a lot of detail a lot of detail so and check that out though check that out okay so oh snap i forgot to tell y'all about this movie right here i gotta go back to hulu real quick because this is actually me warning y'all to <laughs> To not watch it. 
I don't mean to. I shouldn't say that. I pro I probably shouldn't say that, but I will say this: it's not a movie I'm willing to watch again ever in life because <laughs> it was stupid. But I think it was meant to be stupid. I don't think it was meant to be like um a serious movie. It's considered an action fantasy movie. It's ninety minutes. It's starring Joey King, and if y'all don't know who Joey King is, you probably do if you ever watched um, the movie about Gypsy Rose, okay? Because uh, she was in the Hulu series, uh, The Act. She played Gypsy Rose. She was also in the Amazon Prime movie called The Lie. Okay, which was real. That's a really good movie. Okay, <laughs> look, if I had to give you an option of a Joey King flick, it would be The Lie and not The Princess. All right, um, because The Princess was cheesy, it is a cheesy film. So I'll say that if you like cheesy stuff, and I ain't talking about Cheetos, then watch this. Okay, if you like just repetitive scenes where it's like how long is she gonna keep fighting these same people then okay if you just want to throw something on then okay but this is the movie that i do not i will not watch again because <laughs> this is not what i was expecting from it you know what i mean like the way that the the trailer looked, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of sophisticated dialogue, and it ain't. It's really not. I feel like it shouldn't even have been a 90-minute movie. It could have been like 60 minutes, because <laughs> that's pretty much the story for the most part. Um but this is this is the overview of it let me just let me do that i gotta be fair like i do with everything else all right when a strong-willed princess refuses to wed a cruel sociopath she is kidnapped and locked in a remote tower with her scorned vindictive suitor intent on taking her father's throne the princess must protect her family and save the kingdom okay the only dope scenes that i really liked in this entire movie spoiler alert is the kitchen scene okay where she is um, fighting alongside uh, Lynn, who was her trainer on being a warrior. She uh, like she really wanted to be a knight, the princess. She really wanted to be a knight. She didn't want to be a princess, kind of like on that whole, whole House of Dragons thing. Um, she didn't want to just you know she didn't want to marry anybody or whatever. But the dad was like, you know, the king was like, we don't have an heir. You have to be the one. You have to continue the line. Otherwise, it's going to make our entire family vulnerable to the people and all this other kind of stuff, right? So the only badass scene that I really appreciate was the kitchen scene. Other than that, eh, I can't, eh, no. So, I'd, you know, there's that. So if you're interested, check that out. Um, we going back to Netflix now. Uh, for this last movie that I wanted to say for last, uh, trigger warning on what I'm getting ready to say. Um, 
but it is definitely a really good movie. I will say that. Um, hold on. It's called Luckiest Girl Alive. Uh, yeah, this movie was really deep. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, it is starring one of our favorite actresses from the 70s show, Mila Kunis, all right? Um, and then there's Finn Wittrock. He is also in this film. Um, yeah, in this film, Connie Brighton, um, is in this film. And I wonder if, I wonder who wrote it. Oh, no, okay, so Connie didn't have anything to do with it. Because I know Connie has a tendency to be a part of stuff like this as far as, like, being in the background, um, like a producer or something like that. But her name is not on the producer's list. However, Mila's is. So shout out to that. Um, but this is the overview. A writer's perfectly crafted New York City life starts to unravel when a true crime documentary forces her to confront her harrowing high school history and question the choices she made as a teenager. Now, the reason why I say trigger warning for this is because there is definitely um, a sexual assault that takes place. Um, she gets raped by three guys that she goes to school with. Um, they were super drunk at a party. She ends up getting raped. These same boys who are a part of the popular crowd, but also you know, can t from time to time can be bullies. They bullied two other kids, all right? Or one other kid that that we definitely know of, and the friend of um, Mila's. Okay, uh, he was that he was looking after her and everything like that because she was not. She went to a private school. Play and her mom, played by Connie Br uh, Britton, um, got her into the school, and she got there in on a scholarship or whatnot. So she is like financially she's of the lower class so she didn't automatically fit in of course but the the guy who befriended her he you know always had her back he was like on some straight literally ride or die literally okay spoiler alert um but the there ends up being a school shooting okay and of several students end up getting shot and killed and one of them, uh, who is played by um, um, Alex Barone, he plays Dean uh, Dean Barton. Okay, he's one of the he was one of her rapists or whatnot. He ends up getting shot and he's paralyzed from the waist down and he's stuck in a wheelchair. All right, now it's the journey in which we see Mila having to she's created this successful life for herself she's about to get this huge opportunity to be the senior editor at the new york times which is something she has been working 15 years to get you know to build up to she's about she's engaged to a very uh prestigious wealthy man she has this beautiful life so everything on the outside looks absolutely perfect but even in the very beginning of the movie you start to see her having these um, these moments where it's very dark, like you see, like you see her having a knife in her hand and there's blood dripping from it. Okay, there's another scene where she's having dinner with who so happens to be 
the teacher who worked at the school where the massacre occurred, who also was her professor in her writing class, who was the only teacher who saw value in who she was as not just a person, but as a writer, you know, and supported her and was there and ran into her at the store because she was at, when, after the, the rape, she runs out into the middle of the street and she runs to the to the um, closest gas station. She goes inside and it just so happened like the teacher was there picking up something. And then she runs to him and stuff like that and tells him what happened. He then tells the school, the school, the principal or the headmaster or whatever, you know, questions her about it. But because there's alcohol involved, it's the typical story of when you know, a, you know, someone is drunk and there is a sexual assault and it becomes the victim blame thing or, you know, convincing the victim to not speak against it or say anything or rock the boat or nothing like that because they're kids, they're young, there was alcohol involved and all like that. And she is convinced by the headmaster to not even, you know, say a word. Right. So she is, she, um, she, of course, like, you know, uh, internalizes all of this, all of these years, right? So she puts that basically, like, on the back burner, stuff like that. They didn't even get to, like, the school shooting stuff until later in the film. Now, I'm not going to spoil all of that for you, um, because I will say it goes along with watching her journey unfold to actually finding herself again and using her voice, which I felt was very compelling to put on screen in this type of dynamic. I really wish this wasn't a movie for Netflix. This really should have been a movie for the big screen. You know what I mean? But maybe it was too sensitive or whatever, which I don't see how, because we've seen a whole bunch of ugliness on the big screen. But I feel like this shouldn't have been a Netflix only film. This should have really been put on the big screen and then maybe later came to Netflix. Or it could have been what Netflix is doing now with one of their other latest movies where it's on Netflix, but it, oh, Slumberland, that movie with Jason Momoa. Like, it's, I think it's supposed to be on the big screen too, you know? So I feel like this is definitely something that should have been more out there and more broader for people to see. Um, I appreciated the story. I appreciated the ending. Um, finally, a movie we see where there's such darkness and pain and hurt, but we see that the, the outcome is a positive outcome, but not cheesy positive, not something that is um, unbelievable. Okay, and I mean to the very last scene when the credits are rolling, when they actually was a beautiful depiction of the entire movie where they show a dark, they show a dark rose, right? And they show it, I believe it's a black rose. I don't think it was just dark because of the lighting. I think it was a black rose and it was started to wilter. And then it started to transform and it transforms into a healthy red rose. And I thought that was a beautiful way to, from beginning to end, the very end, while the credits are rolling, 
to depict what this movie was about. Um, so again, trigger warning if you um, have ever been sexually assaulted or know someone, or if you've ever been a part, um, not a part of, but you were, you know, witness to or a victim of uh, a mass shooting, a school shooting, trigger warning. If you, you know, protect your mental health first over entertainment, okay? And storytelling, protect your mental health first. So definitely want to give y'all that. But that was the last thing I had on my list. The Luckiest Girl Alive on Netflix, um, starring Mila Kunis. And it's about two hours. They considered a mystery thriller. Um, I'm not sure if it's still on the top ten list of movies on Netflix. It could be. Not sure. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got for y'all for this week. Um, I appreciate everybody who pulled up. Uh, I appreciate the suggestions that were given today by Killjoy and Squinted. Shout out to them. Shout out to everybody who pulled up on me today. This was Benja Rewind. I'm here every Tuesday, God willing, at 10 a.m. Pacific, 12 Central, 1 p.m. on the East Coast, on Stereo. Again, download the Stereo app on Android or iPhone. If you have any suggestions on what you want me to watch, pull up on me here on Stereo. Download it. Create your avatar. You know, follow me, E-Read, a.k.a. Melon Seduction, or follow me on any of the other social media platforms that you see me on. It's either going to say E-Read or I'm E-Read. So either E-R-E-D or I-M-E-R-E-E-D. <laughs> I forgot to spell for a second. <laughs> oh, snap. But see, that's what happens on Reality Radio because what you hear is what you get. There's no rewinds. The only thing we're going to rewind are these TV shows and these movies, okay, as we're binging them. So with that being said, I'm going to get up out of here. I will catch y'all next week with a new list, all right? And the continuance of what is going on on uh, Real Housewives of Potomac, for show. And I didn't get to dissect uh, the Real Housewives of Dubai like that or Durban the way I really wanted to. It was on my list, but you never know. I might talk about it next week. So that gives you more than enough time to go binge the Real Housewives of Durban and the Real Housewives of Dubai. Another two beautiful um, Real Housewives franchise uh, reality shows with some beautiful melanated women. And it's just, it's the grace for me. It's the emotional intelligence for me. Okay? That's what it is for me. And the fact that, like I said earlier, those ladies in Dubai, they tax bracket ain't nothing. The women over here in America ain't hitting that. <laughs> Not on them franchises. Okay, the Real Housewives, they ain't hitting that right there. I'm talking about one pussy. They went to a party that was spent, they spent six figures on a party. Six figures. <laughs> on one party <laughs> like bruh they went on so many trips and excursions it was ridiculous alright I just you know what I'm finna get up out of here alright y'all I appreciate y'all love y'all this is Benjamin Rewind presented to you by Readality Radio I'm E-Read I'll see y'all next week <laughs>
Bye.